Hey, everybody. Welcome to the new episode of New Nerd Normal. I'm Dan, and this time, after the intentionally terrible pitch for it, Stephen, since you're going to be our nerd, what's this episode all about? Okay, so I'm excited for this one because, I mean, it's very fresh for many people, and there's a lot of talking in the gaming gaming community about it, but we are going to be talking about specifically Final Fantasy VII Remake, but there will obviously be a conversation about Final Fantasy VII, the original, as well. Because that's the only one I know. <laughs> but if you, if you, knowing both is, is perfect, it's fine. Cool. Um, I'm going to be our normal for this episode, since I am familiar with the original, but have not played the remake. Uh, Vicky? Hi! I'm going to be the new, because... I'm completely new to this. So, Vicky, what do you know about Final Fantasy VII in particular, but just Final Fantasy as a whole? Um, I, hmm. This feels like something that's, been around enough I should know something about it, but to be honest, I can't think of anything. Uh... Nope. I got nothing for you. Alright, then oh, wow. just... Then before Steven explains it, just based on the names, Aerith or Tifa, which oh. name do you like more? Tifa. In there. Tifa. Okay, cool. Oh, wow. Look at her. <laughs> I'll be honest. I all, having, having not played the remake, I also prefer Tifa. Oh, boy. We're about to... You, you have no idea. Oh, my God, Aerith. <laughs> um, anyways. I mean, all, all I know is that I did not get the date with Barrett in the original. Um, but so... For Vicky and anyone else who doesn't know what it is, Stephen, tell us about Final Fantasy VII. Okay, well, first off, I am going to say this is um, going to be spoiler-filled, uh, a spoiler-filled podcast, especially if you are someone who is wanting to play the remake. I would not listen to this because uh, we are going to talk about a lot of things uh, and thoughts and ideas, um, especially because I want to get Dan's perspective, since he's only played the original. Um, but the story of Final Fantasy VII specifically, uh, granted, well, Final Fantasy in general are a group of games that take place uh, basically in their own universes and stories uh, with their own characters and everything. The only things that typically cross over are the monsters that you fight and certain elements that that Square Enix, the company who makes the game, have just uh, uh, gone from game to game to game. They're just they're in that world, and everybody knows them as Final Fantasy things. Um, but Final Fantasy VII specifically is uh, basically about an, a small little ragtag group of environmental. <sighs> terrorists if you want to call them called avalanche and they live in a world called eos uh and they have and they live in a city called midgar and basically midgar 
is a city uh, that is very technology driven um, and it is owned by this company called Shinra. And it's called the Shinra Electric Company. And uh, they kind of control everything that goes on within the city. Now, there are other towns and there are other places in the world of Eos, but Midgar is pretty much like the, the main power. Um, and the company is so big that they, they don't just run electricity. They, you know, they make weapons and, you know, bioweapons and they have an entire army of soldiers behind them. And uh, the heads of the company, they're basically the government. Like, they're the people who really run the show. Um, and they use this uh, thing called Mako Energy, which is living inside the planet. It's basically the life stream of the planet and what, it, and what keeps the planet going. Um, and Shinra uses it as power like electrical power basically to keep the city running and the world running um and the reason that these environmental terrorists come into play is because they believe that by using this mako energy and just not letting it live in the planet shinra is slowly destroying the planet and killing it so they are going in to destroy these mako reactors and basically take down shinra and gain followers uh, in the world of EOS so, and basically show them that Shinra is bad. And uh, Shinra is bad. They are very, very bad. <laughs> um, and they uh, acquire the help of an ex-soldier who used to work for Shinra named Cloud Strife, um, or Mr. Moody Pants, as I like to call him. And he basically is a... He's, he's just kind of like uh, for hire guy like he'll do anything he'll assassinate somebody he'll blow up a Mako reactor like if you pay him he'll do it um, so he comes in and kind of helps Avalanche break into this Mako reactor because he knows Shinra and that's basically all, really all he's supposed to you know do with them but uh, Shinra intervenes and kind of uses them blowing up the Mako reactor against Avalanche. Um, and it's kind of this, it turns into this grand adventure of, you know, this ragtag group meeting a bunch of other characters along the way and basically taking down Shinra. But there is also another presence who is Sephiroth and he is kind of the villain in the game. And his a uh, whole plan is that he knows that um, he basically wants to destroy e the world and basically start over. Um, that's his whole prerogative because he thinks that, you know, the humans are destroying the planet. And uh, I won't get into too much deep lore about his backstory, but he has like reasons of why he hates humans and Shinra um, but the basic overview is that it's a group of eco-terrorists who are trying to bring down a, a company and also this presence that Cloud has a history with named Sephiroth. And it's kind of all about their journey together. Okay, so then, at least from the basic premise, not nothing, not too much has changed from the original. 
No, and see, and this is considered to be one of the greatest video games of all time, the original. Uh, when it came out, it was revolutionary. And if you look at it today, you'd be like, what? But when it came out, the graphics, the story, uh, how detailed it was, was revolutionary. Um, and because it was such a big deal, they decided to make a remake, uh, Square Enix, a few years ago. And this remake just came out. Um, and it was directed by Tetsuya Nomura, who also directs the popular Kingdom Hearts games and has worked um, on other Final Fantasies as well. Um, the reason, and this is kind of where we're getting into spoiler territory, the reason that the remake is so interesting is that it's probably one of the most controversial remakes ever made uh, because there are many people that feel that it is not, it's turning into not being a remake uh, based on the ending of the, the first game. So the original game was one long game and you played from beginning to end. The remake is being done in installments. So part one, part two, part three, we don't know how many parts there's going to be. Um, but the first part specifically is about learning how corrupt Shinra is, trying to take them down, basically, you know, uh, getting people to realize that Shinra is corrupt and blowing up Mako reactors and then it ends with uh, the gang trying to get out of the city, um, basically to per pursue Sephiroth because they have to take, he's basically the one that they've got to take down um, because he's going to try to destroy the world and they figure that out. So that's where the first game ends, but there's something that happens throughout the game and also at the end that does not happen in the original and it's caused quite a lot of controversy in the gaming community. Can I pause you for a second and ask a question? Yes. Okay. I'm as many questions as you like. I'm confused on, on, on timelines and stuff. How many games are there and are they all within the same plot-ish or are they all just within the same universe? Because I feel like there's like seven, but I think uh, I'm None of them are, well, very, very few of them are connected in any way, plot-wise, universe-wise, etc. They're all original stories that just are self-contained, oh. I think, with the exception of, what, 10? Well, so there's 15 right now games in general with Final Fantasy. The only time that they connect is if it literally says in the title, Final Fantasy VII. Because, uh, like, for, for example, with Final Fantasy VII, there are two companion games with it, which is Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core. And then um, there is a game that is also specific to one character, which, oh my god, I'm blanking on it right now, but it's uh, specific to Vincent Valentine, who is a character that you interact with in the main game. Um, Was that... But all no, that wasn't Crisis Core. Um, well, there's I, Vincent has his own game. Yeah. Yeah. Crisis Core is about Zack. Vincent has another game. I just can't remember what the name of it is. Dirge of, Cerebus. Dirge, Dirge of Cerebus. Dirge of Cerberus. Yes. Um, but as far as like all the other Final Fantasy games, unless they have the same number in the title... 
they're all in their own universe with their own characters. So like you could literally go pick up Final Fantasy seven or Final Fantasy fifteen and that would be its own story with its own people. And then you could go pick up Final Fantasy seven and you'd be getting a completely different story. Interesting. Okay. That's why I was so lost. Got it. Yeah. The only things that cross over in the Final Fantasy series is the monsters. So like if you played Final Fantasy VII, the monsters in it would be in Final Fantasy XV. They might just look different because the art style is different. But there's still similarities that you can tell which one is which. Okay. Um, um, so is the end point of this one basically the end of disc one in the original? Yes, it is when technically it, it, in the original, it's when you leave Midgar and you are about to go out into Eos. Okay. So it was well, a little bit before the end of the disc, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, so to kind of get into some of the characters before um, the story stuff, uh, in this, in Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake, I'm only, like, only going to focus on that one because if we try to focus on the whole story and all the characters that you meet, we'll be here forever. Um but basically, the main characters you need to know are Cloud Strife, who is an ex-soldier, but he also has a very mysterious past, and we don't know everything about him. Um, and he's had a lot of crap basically happen to him, and so he's very moody. He, you know, one note all the time. I mean... I think in the remake, they balanced him really, really well. The actor who played him, um, you know, he finds those levels because there are times when Cloud can be dorky. And he also, like, he thinks he... Cloud is the type of person that thinks he's hot shit. But then he has these moments where he's like, oh my god. Like, he just gets nervous and tense and goes through all these different emotions. Um, but typically, most of the time, he's very, like, moody. And then there's the member of there's the members of Avalanche, which there's Barrett, who is basically the muscle. He's this big guy, and he is the voice of Avalanche. He is the one that wants to take down uh, Shinra, Vicky. For for you not knowing anything about it, just imagine Mr. T. Temple. He's like, I pity Shinra. I'm gonna take him down. That kind of stuff. Um, with with a gun, does he still have a gun for an arm? Yes. He has a gun for an arm. All right. And he's also a father. He has a young daughter as well, who is adorable. And, like, he's basically doing a lot of this for her. Like, he wants her to live in a better world. Um, so you get a lot of different sides of him as well. He's normally the rough and tough type. But then you get to see that sweet side of him when he's interacting with his daughter. Um, and then there's also... Tifa, who is many people's favorite character. Um, and she's kind of, uh, she's known Cloud for a long time. They used to, they grew up together, basically. Um, and she runs a bar in the city of Midgar called Seventh Heaven. And uh, she is also a part of Avalanche and basically wanting to help them take down um, Shinra. And she's basically the badass chick. And then we have the members of Avalanche, which are 
Jesse, Wedge, and oh my god, I'm blanking on his name. Ah! Was it Biggs? I know there's always Biggs. a Wedge in Biggs. Oh, Biggs. How could I forget Biggs? Oh, I love Biggs. Um, and, but Jesse, uh, Wedge, and Biggs, which is interesting in the original, they don't really have much to them. Like, you learn little things because uh, the original was all text. But in the remake, they fleshed out their characters so much to the point oh, that's where awesome. I felt, oh, like, that's one of the greatest things about the remake is that they fleshed out all of these characters. And you said at the beginning, Aerith or Tifa to Vicky, it, once you play the remake, you're going to add Jesse into that because Jesse, in her own way, is just the, a beautiful creature who is so thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> she just wants to get it on with Cloud. <laughs> um, and then and then there's Wedge and Biggs who are also there and they're kind of helping Avalanche out. Um, and you learn a lot about their history as well. And then finally, uh, there is Aerith, who you also meet in the first game. And Aerith is also kind of a mysterious character. She comes, basically Cloud falls into her lap, uh, basically. Uh, she is a flower seller in the town of Midgar. And flowers are kind of a rarity because the planet is really dying because of Shinra. Um, but, but she just kind of has this power to really work with nature. Um, and you learn, you come to learn that she is actually an ancient, which is someone, who, she's a descendant of the ancients, basically, who are people who basically worked with the earth and, uh, you know, took care of the planet. And she's one of, like, the last ancients uh so you learn a lot about her and her her past uh in the game and uh she goes along on the journey to stop sephiroth as well um and also has probably one of the saddest deaths in video game history but yeah but those are some of the characters yeah, the death that was always weird to me, because like, I get it story wise, but when the there's a when you have a mechanic like Phoenix Downs, I feel like they need to have a lot more to the to it. Like you you have to be healed within uh, five minutes for a Phoenix Down to work. Like just in the lore of the game, because otherwise I never really got why they didn't just go. Oh no, she's dead. Here's here's a thing, and she's back now. Mm. Well, actually, that kind of brings me into the controversy of this uh, whole thing. <laughs> um, okay. So, Dan, you know the game. Um, yeah. Vicky, you're learning. <laughs> um, okay. Any more questions? Not so far. Okay. And granted, I'm going to say up front, I, this is not my Kingdom Hearts. I am a baseline Final Fantasy fan, so I know that there's people going to be listening to this who are, that are like, Oh, we got that wrong. But it's, you know, it is it is what it is. Um, you know, so we're all on a journey. Um, but so at the end of the game, so throughout the game, the remake, throughout the remake, there are these things called whispers, which look like Dementors from Harry Potter. Um, and they pop up 
when things start to diverge from the original game. So let's say, for example, there's the scene where Cloud and Aerith are trying to get away from um, some of the Shinra uh, grunts in that church. You remember? Yeah. And they have to climb up the church and Cloud knocks the barrels on the guards and everything. Right. So in that scene, something that didn't happen in the original game is Aerith falls off, like the ledge breaks uh, when they when they're climbing and she falls. And technically she would have died if she would have hit the ground. But all of a sudden these whispers appear and they catch her before she hits the ground and then puts her right back next to Cloud. And yeah, so they only show up when things start to go away from the original game. Um, This is a huge spoiler, huge, huge spoiler. So be ready. Um, Near the end of the game, something that this did not happen in the original, Sephiroth um, actually stabs Barrett. Oh, same, yeah. like same, similar to like Eris's death. So when in the original game, when Sephiroth enters the Shinra building and basically slaughters everybody there, that happens, and he slaughters President Shinra. Well, in the original game, all of the party, you know, they make it out of the building and they go on their way. But in this version, Sephiroth just stabs Barrett out of nowhere, just like, uh, just like the Aerith scene in the original. Um, and it's that it was that moment where you're just like, oh my god, they're killing Barrett. They're just gonna kill Barrett. Well, all of a sudden, after he goes away, uh, Sephiroth goes away. These whispers appear, and one of them goes through Barrett's body, and all of a sudden, he's alive again. Whoa. So, uh, one of the characters, Red, who is basically, like, part dog, part lion, he's a creation of Shinra, who joins the team, um, which, who I forgot to mention, he's also in the first game. He's basically an experiment of Shinra, um, and he befriends Cloud and the gang because they release him. He he is very, he knows a lot about the world too. And he basically explains that whispers are um, the life stream and they are a part of it. And they basically are there to make sure that things go the way that they are supposed to. Like, um, so what I'm trying to get at is that square Enix did meta meta commentary (laughs) yeah and here's so how the game ends is you are at the edge of the road leading out of midgar where you would go out into eos but all of a sudden sephiroth appears and basically makes a portal and you're surrounded by these whispers they're everywhere and Aerith says to you or cloud says to Aerith what are we going to find on the other side of that portal? And Aerith's like, we're going to, we're basically going to go into a fight. And if we win this fight, we're, we're, we're going out into freedom. We're basically going to go out into a world where we don't have to worry about these whispers anymore because they'll be gone and we can do whatever we want. Um, And so they go into this portal and they start fighting these whispers and this creature. 
And as you're fighting and defeating them, you start seeing glimpses from the original game. Again, of- like the PS1 graphics? Yes. Well, it's it's in the remastered graphics, but you're seeing things that happened in the original game. So, like, for example, it, and not just the original game, you're seeing things that happened in Crisis Core. You're seeing, seeing things that happened in the movie Advent Children, which came after the video game series. And you're seeing things, like, you're just seeing all of these things. And, uh, uh, for example, you, you kind of see Aerith's death, a part of it. And Cloud says to Aerith, what are these things? And she's like, these are echoes of the future if we fail. Ooh, so basically, okay. you're, yeah. So you're defeating these things. And then you finally defeat the, the monster. And you basically uh, fight Sephiroth. And, and there's a scene between Cloud and Sephiroth. And Sephiroth, you, the whole game, especially if you've played the original... You start. You gain slowly that Aerith and Sephiroth know more than they're saying. That they didn't know in the original. Like they, you can just tell with their scenes that they know something's going on, and they're not telling the rest of the group. And Sephiroth basically tells Cloud in this moment between the two of them, "I'm not ready to take you down yet. We'll get there, but just remember." You've got seven seconds. What are you going to do with it? And then he disappears. Whoa. So basically what happened is, and what fans have now theorized, and why it's so controversial, is that this was Square Enix. So Square Enix, basically, the Whispers, are the fans of the original game, who were like, this must be a remake. This must be a remake. And Square Enix was like, actually screw you we're gonna defeat you as a villain at the end of the game and we're gonna tell the story that we've always wanted to tell in the next games i love that yeah and so the theory that fans have now which is why it's kind of everyone's like on edge and back and forth is that people think that in the next games because in this game in the the first remake uh game little things you do affect the game. So, like, for example, you go to a massage parlor, and depending on what massage you get will um, be the dress that Cloud ends up wearing, um, like you did in the original, but it'll change the design of the dress. Okay. So people think in the next games, the choices are going to be bigger, and, like, let's say you decide not to go get a certain person and put them in your party. That might change the story. Um, And a lot of people think that the seven seconds that Sephiroth is talking about is the scene where Aerith dies and people are starting to think that you are going to have exactly seven seconds to either save Aerith or let her die and that will completely change the outcome of the game. That's really cool. And I'm on that boat with you, but there are a bunch of other people who are like, what is happening? Well, I, I look at that the same way that I look at, you know, adaptations. Like, like I'm a big comic book fan, and, you know, comic book movies are the big thing that are, like, topping the, the all-time highest-grossing movies list right now. 
Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, well, that's supposed to be, you know, that's not how that happened in the comics. And I'm one of the people going, good. I yeah. know that story. Like yeah, if, I'm with you. Like, if people were just like, oh, well, you know, Logan's based on Old Man Logan, and that's not how that happened. I'm like, yeah, but I've read Old Man Logan. Why do I want to pay money just to see other people act it out for me? You know, with with the... um. Oh, like everyone's just like, well, this didn't happen right with uh, Infinity War and Endgame because in the comic, the Fantastic Four was there and the X-Men were there. And I'm like, but but so what? I know how that went. I'm not going to pay money to watch a, you know, a comic that I, you know, read that took, you know, let's say six hours to read through, boiled down to two hours and not expect changes to be made. I would rather see something new. You know, oh, Walking Dead, Shane survived longer than he was supposed to. Well, good, because now I get a new story. Yeah. I Yeah, that's the way, because I, I like comic books a lot, too. And, like, I care about character integrity. Like, I, I want to see the character that I love represented well, but I don't care about a timeline being the same way that it is, especially with comic books. I mean, a lot of things like that. I don't know if, if, you know, you could consider... I mean, there's video games that are like this for sure, too. Um, where, like, there's different timelines. So nothing has to be the same. Because it happened in another timeline already. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think with this, it's, it's so controversial. And granted, I, I one thing I'll mention in a second. I think it's so controversial just because this game, for some people, is so sacred. Um... So I think people are having a hard time because they're like, this game defined a generation and now it's like, oh, all of a sudden things are changing. But, you know, in the in the theories that people are coming up with, I kind of am okay with it because I, I still think the game will go, if you want it to be an exact remake of the original, I think you'll be able to have that option. But I think in this new version, you'll also be able to have the option to go down a different path and see something that the designers at Square Enix always wanted to put in the game, but they never could. And that is something that Tetsuya Nomura kind of hints at. It's like, you know, they they want to do things that they wanted to do in the original, but they never did. So it's kind and uh, timelines also come into play in this. Um, so there are different timelines, um, which also caused another massive controversy and this one, people are actually very torn about, um, which, Dan, you will get this. Vicky, you are going to be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, okay. So, Dan, you know who Zach is, right? Yeah. Zach, so, Vicky, to explain Zach, he basically was a friend of Cloud. He was also a soldier. Um, and he was one of the top soldiers working for Shinra, and he kind of has his own game called Crisis Core, where you learn a lot about him, and he is a very, 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 very beloved character in the Final Fantasy world, uh, just because his character was so well thought out, and it was so well played, and he was very charismatic, and in Crisis Core, um, the game ends with him being killed by a bunch of Shinra guards um, as he's fighting them. Well, in the Final Fantasy VII remake, 
the game ends with that same fight happening, but it's in a different universe, and he lives. Huh? Okay. And it's basically the ending of the game um, is Cloud and Aerith walking out into Eos, and then Zack and Cloud basically trudging towards Midgar, and they all cross each other, but they don't see each other because they're in different universes. I love this. So fans are now going, what is this? Because Zack's death was a huge deal um, to the fans, and it was like a big, big, big thing, and now all of a sudden... Square Enix is like, ah, 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 maybe there's something you don't know. I think that's awesome. You get to see really his... You get to see him evolve into something more than that. Like, that's... Like, he's cool in, like, his sacrifice and what it meant for Cloud in the original. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, that's so much more... A what if is so much more interesting. Like, I feel like the people who are complaining, like, you have this, you know the story, you have the story. This is something new and cool with these characters. And yeah, I I really love this idea. Well, and, and then also people now are theorizing, because Sephiroth, like I said, Sephiroth and Aerith know a lot more than they're letting on. So now people are like, wait, are the, like, do these Sephiroth and Aerith know what happened in the original? Like, are they going to try to change things? Like, like, you know, it's so up in the air, which is why everyone's like, oh, we need the second one. Um, so yeah. given given what you're saying, I have a theory. And again, this is from some, for any of your listeners, this is someone who has not played the remake at all. And I am going to guess that this is, this is the Sephiroth and Aerith from the original and I'm even going to go so far as to say from the moment of Aerith's death, trying to, with her trying to basically alter the past or alter the the direction of things so that they have a better shot and Sephiroth trying to keep that from happening. Maybe. That's, that's, my, that's my partially educated only on the original theory so vicky what do you think <laughs> i'm so sorry my cat just um jumped into a pan of paint again oh. so <laughs> i was handling that <laughs> oh i wasn't paying attention in class my bad are you good um yeah i i'm i'm very interested interested to see where this goes um especially now that they fleshed out these characters and really given them backstories. Um, also, uh, another uh, spoiler, <laughs> um, as we've gone through so many, uh, at the end of, in the original, Biggs and Jesse and Wedge uh, die. Yeah. And I was actually about to ask about that. So, as far as we know, in the end of this game, it is possible that Wedge is dead, but there's a shot where we go into a room where Biggs wakes up in a bed, 
and Jesse's things are on the side table. Huh. And we, okay. but, we, but we don't know if this is the same universe as the one where Cloud and them are in, or if this is the universe that Zack is in. It's because it, you don't see any of the other characters. So it's, you know, it, it, it could be two separate things, basically. That's really cool. I'm very, my, my biggest curiosity is I really want to know how Zach is going to play into all of this. If he's just being used as a way to help the main gang in the, in the original storyline um, from beyond the grave, like maybe he is dead, but it's, you know, the afterlife. I don't know, but I'm curious to see how he's going to play into all of this. Right. Um, um do you get any info on any of the other characters from the original? Like, do you see like Sid or Kate Sith or so, uh, Yuffie? If you don't know the original, it, it, it's it, it's going to be a weird trip. But you get a very very brief moment of Kate Sith watching the plate fall. Watching the, the plate. The the when they dro- when Shinra drops the plate onto. Uh, the sector basically oh okay yeah so and if you know more about kate sith then it'll make sense to you as to why he's like pounding his fist on the rooftop watching this thing happen okay but see the great thing about the remake is is like i said it really delves into the characters you you don't get to meet like sid or yuffie yet like that's i think that's that's coming obviously in the next games but characters who were so small in the original, like the Shinra executives, um, and then they've even added characters to this game that really flesh it out more. Um, you just, you learn so much about their dynamic. My, my personal favorite thing that they added to the remake is that when you get to Walmart, get, um, obviously there's the whole storyline about getting into... Um, Don Corneo's mansion and, you know, trying to help Tifa. But yeah. you meet these three characters who are basically like the the mob bosses of Walmart. And uh, you have to get approval from all three of them to get into Don Corneo's mansion. And they're all three such unique characters in their own way. And all three of them were created for this game. Um one is like a cowboy who raises chocobos and he has like a chocobo delivery service. And then one is a massage parlor a woman who uh, basically she, she's great. She's just like very, um, she's a powerhouse basically. And then the other one is Andre, who is the club owner, the honeybee and club owner. And he's probably my favorite character in the new version because there's a whole sequence where you basically have to dance with him and Cloud, and it's probably one of the greatest video game sequences, I would say, of all time, where he's putting you in drag and you have to do a dance competition with him, basically, for him to to hmm. fuck you. That's fun. Wait, so he's putting you in drag. So, because in the original one, you were trying to like trick somebody. So in this one, he knows that you're like he's intentionally putting you in drag. Yeah, so 
they all don't like Don Corneo, but he's obviously in charge. But once they slowly learn what Aerith and Cloud's plan are, they, like, help them out. They're like, oh, we want to bring down Don Corneo, too. And, like, in the original, another great addition, there's just a doorman who blocks your way into Don Corneo's mansion. And this game, they have a, um, a character named Leslie, who is one of Don Corneo's henchmen, who has a whole, he's, you'd think he would just be the doorman, but you know, he has a whole story around him and why he works for Don Corneo and how, why he hates him. And he's actually a character from one of the uh, books that came out for Final Fantasy VII, and they actually just put him in the game. And so, um, yeah, like there's all these characters are so fleshed out that weren't in the original and it adds so much more context to the world. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking about also just the seventh seconds thing you said before. Mm-hmm. And I realized that at the end of the original, there are seven characters that you have to have on your team. Since, like, Aerith is dead, and but Yuffie is optional. Or no, Vincent's optional. One of them's optional. Both of them are optional, actually. You don't have to get Yuffie or Vincent in your party. Oh, really? Oh, then that kind of throws up... I mean, even then, because if you can, if you include Aerith, then there are seven have-to-have characters. Because Cloud, Barrett, Tifa, Aerith, Red, um, Kate Sith, and Sid. So I wonder if that factors in at all if, you know, they change Eris's death. Well, I'm going to throw this curveball at you. According to the fans, apparently from the moment you see Sephiroth to when he stabs Aerith and she falls down dead, it takes exactly seven seconds. Hmm. In the original. That's cool. That... I mean, he is very fast, but damn. Yep. And they've timed it. And they're like, this has got to be it. You know? It's crazy just how much detail they've taken from the original and put into this new one, but expanded upon it so much. That is really cool. Yeah. I'm very excited to see what comes next. And, you know, it, it and I will also say this. I've played a lot of video games, a lot, and this is probably one of the most breathtakingly beautiful games I have ever played in my life. Like, Oh yeah, no, I have some screenshots from it, and it's, yeah, impressive. It's like a movie. Like, it, the, they've done things in this game that I've never seen done before, where you just, I mean, the visuals, the facial animations, uh, it's insane. Like, it's absolutely gorgeous. And uh, that's, I was definitely something that in the end I took out of it. I was like, this is a powerful game. And I know we talked um, kind of like about games that have have had profound effects on us. This one definitely had it in the sense of just like, wow. Like, I can't wait to see what the next generation of gaming consoles brings. Because this is like pushing the PS4 to its limits. If what they've released so far about gaming is any indication, the next generation is Keanu Reeves. 
So, and before we finish up, you said Tifa is your your girl, and uh, all I gotta say is this: when you play the remake, uh, you're gonna fall in love with Eris because this is the most fleshed out Eris that they've ever created. And actually, the woman who plays Eris is a was a YouTube gamer girl first. Hmm. Okay, that's and awesome. She she lives in Hollywood, and she you know got the part and uh she just like you just like Aerith is so spunky and you just kind of fall in love with her because she just gives cloud shit all the time and uh you know just tries to make him smile constantly um so right now it's it's hard to tell like i i thought i was going tifa was going to be my favorite but no 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 Aerith is definitely my girl all right nice but yeah, I know I'm definitely going to check out the new one once, I mean, once I'm allowed to work and make some money again, I guess. Yeah. Um, all right, what are you thinking, Vicky? You going to check this out or check out the original? For I context? Think, when I was thinking this while listening, this sounds mostly because I had a hard time keeping up with names, which is just part of who I am. So... It's a lot. I think watching it on YouTube um, might be my bet. I don't know if I'll play it. If I end up getting into it on YouTube, maybe. Um, but I think I might try to find a walkthrough um, or playthrough and watch that. Okay. Something I'd get into. Because I think I'd be more into the plot of this than I would the gameplay. If that makes sense. Yeah. So well, I might see something like that out. I mean, you you like Kingdom Hearts, right? Well, you, you, well, you haven't played. No, sorry. You no, played I haven't played Kingdom Hearts. Uh, yeah. Well, I would say, um, you know, it, it, to compare it to another game series that it feels very much like Uncharted. Like it feels like you're playing okay. a movie. That's one I've watched, I'm pretty sure. So. Yeah. And I'm sure you can probably find your there. entire cutscenes on YouTube by now. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure that exists. If you just type it in, just like movie, it'll give you, within Charted, at least the short film with Nathan Fillion and then uh, people playing the game. If you are going to watch any scene from this game, though, the honeybee scene, because take everything, like, take the ga- Final Fantasy VII aside, the honeybee scene in general is probably one of the greatest video game scenes of all time. I've heard a lot of claims like that, which is what makes me interested. I've heard a lot of about this game being the greatest in a long time and the great like all with that all those claims that's what makes me interested yeah very few times do i have a game that like like i love a lot of games but very rarely do i have a game that like after i'm done with it i'm like i've got to talk about this with people because it just like it leaves such a profound effect Mm -hmm. and this was definitely one of those games where i was just like oh my god my mind is blown hmm I've always been a plot-heavy game person. 
Same, honestly. Like, yeah. like if I don't care about the characters or what's going on, I'm not going to get through a game. And just saying, like, it's a mystery is not enough. Like, yeah, it's give me someone to root for. Plot. It's either all plot or pure platform for me. Like, I love Mario, you know, but there's not really a in between for me. I'm, I love my plot heavy games. Yeah. Well, I think that's I think that's why you would like this because like if you want to talk about getting invested into some characters like because they flesh out these characters so well even the smaller characters they just give them these massive backstories and mm-hmm. so much dialogue between them and Cloud um, you really start to care for them like I didn't give a crap about Jesse in the original game because she's such a small part but in this game. I fell in love with Jessie because she was such a dynamic, spunky, like, flirty character. So the scene where she, like, you know, quote, dies, I'm bawling my eyes out. Because it's like, you know, I just, you, you fall in love with these characters. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. All right. And so to close this out, Vicky. As our nerd for next episode, what's your terrible pitch for what you're talking about? Um, Boar turns into his mom and lives with lesbian aliens. Wow. (laughs) Yep. That's what I got for you. That's a good one. I like that. And... I feel like just because of the fan base, as soon as you said boy turns oh, into his mom, a bunch of people just went, I know what it is. Yeah. Any, yeah, that definitely, anyone who's a fan of this definitely knows. Anyone who's not a fan of this is going, what the hell? Mm-hmm. I'm actually sitting here right now going, boy turns into his mom? <laughs> I'm racking my brain. Uh, Vicky likes some real weird porn. I, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Freaky uh, Friday, the porn. I was going to say, we got some Oedipus uh, themes happening here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, all right, one. everybody. Or go ahead, Vicky. I just said it was going to be a fun one. That's all I said. Yeah. Well, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Um, let it t- make sure you comment below with your guesses as to what we're talking about next time and bye 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 see you in Midgar. car